1: Well, welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, an hour or two. The, the, this is a, a really nice surprise. I was uh, broadcasting in the last hour, and I saw a man walk in with a little infant, little 11-month. I don't know if 11 months counts Seth, as
2: an infant. but
1: uh, little young guy, 11-month master. Sister. Yeah, and his big sister, Olivia, who has been here before. And uh, their daddy, David Schweikert, Congressman, welcome into the studio. What a fun surprise! And you know, it's, it's so amazing. good to me. Meet- as soon as we went on the air, that's when the little boy decided he mm-hmm. wanted to eat the microphone. That's 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 how my, that's how I work too. <laughs> what a beautiful beautiful thing! This is great. This is great. It really mm-hmm. just moved me. That cheer, oh, no. the cheer on his look, face. Look,
2: look, it's one of my great joys. You tolerate it. Um, you know In my job, I'm gone so much that when you come home, and today was the last day of school for Olivia, so. She, uh, we think she graduated first grade. At least the teacher said she probably did. So the story of the second two, grade goes. goes.
1: The story of these two is just so incredible, folks. <laughs> it's an incredible story. David, I, it's good. I'm really glad to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. And Olivia, it's wonderful to see you again, too. Of course, dear. But uh, you're kind of the man of the moment here. Uh, when you were last on um, about a week or so ago, a little over a week ago, the chatter was that they'd have a deal probably by that Friday. That is to say mm-hmm. a week ago this today. <coughs> you and said you don't you think no. so. <laughs> you said no. And uh, it's still no. Give us an update. Where are we?
0: Uh, look,
2: um, I my knowledge base is only a little bit more than you do just because I've had some conversations with... Um, some of the staff who are working on some of the technical part of the negotiations. Um, the left really, 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 really doesn't want to cut spending. And they thought they could break the Republican conference. Um, you know, We only control the U.S. House by a handful of votes. And if they can break us, then what's the next issue? And what's the next issue? Because um, we only have one small lever and that handful of votes is our margin in the U.S. House. We don't control the Senate. And obviously you see the chaos and the bureaucracy and the media and the White House. Um, but there's a couple things we need to walk through because, first off, United States borrows about 30 cents out of every dollar. Um, if you hear someone say default, uh, that's – they're making stuff up. Now, this is a horrible thing. You never, ever want to exceed your credit limit. Um, it makes the United States look bad. It looks makes it look mm. like a clown show, All everything else but you have plenty of cash flow. There may be some timing effect problems, but you have plenty of cash flow to cover your, your interest costs. And when every time a bond comes due and it's reissued, that's within the cap. So for a lot of folks who say default, crashing the economy, they're making crap up. And if you don't believe me, look with the professionals. Go, go look at bond futures. The biggest thing moving bonds right now is that um, inflation actually ticked up last month. You know, core inflation ticked up. That's right. Meaning that all of a sudden there's another quarter point rise on the table at the next Fed meeting. That in financial markets is actually talked about more than the debt ceiling. The debt ceiling is for political theater. Right.
1: Okay. When Janet Yellen moves the date to – what is she saying now? June fifth, the fifth. Tell us what that means. It basically
2: means they. There's something called extraordinary measures. It basically means we're stealing. Or excuse me, we're borrowing from all the trust funds, and they're running out of cash left in the different trust funds. Um, some of the timing effects are important, and we have this big chart on our wall in, in our office that sort of says here's the historic dates tax receipts come in. And if you make it to the 14th of June, 15th of June, that's when the quarterlies come in. And June quarterlies are typically so large, it would probably um, cover the differential for 30 days. Okay. So I think that's actually part of the theater. And, and, and I'm using the word theater because people aren't being completely honest. Can you imagine that in the way they talk to the media, the way the media talks to their, con- you know, the public? Um, it's a big deal. But who's passed a debt ceiling hike? The House Republicans six weeks ago we passed a debt ceiling hike. The problem is the White House wants to keep spending, and we're asking to flat flatten spending. Remember, your your government is destined to borrow another twenty one trillion over the next decade. We're asking to roll off about four trillion of that, mm-hmm. um, and then have work requirements for able bodied over folks. a decade. Four trillion
1: over a decade, yeah. So, so yeah, you know, okay.
2: uh, yeah. we borrow $51,000 a second right now. We're heading towards borrowing in nine years, 90000 plus a second.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And But they know the public doesn't really understand the debt crisis that looms, that how interest is beginning to consume everything. Mm-hmm. So scare them to death with, you might be late on your Social Security check. Even though the Social Security Trust Fund still has cash in it, um, but you'd have to swap parts of that cash because the extraordinary measures have been borrowing
1: it. Right. You were recently on with uh, Maria Bartiromo and you were talking about the Social Security Trust Fund. And make that point that you made to her about how, okay. the triggering of a benefit cut.
2: Yeah. Um, one of the things that should enrage every American, and this should, even if you're on the left, you maybe should be even more enraged. Um, Congressional Budget Office in the end of February put out a report saying Social Security is – the trust fund is gone in nine years, meaning you get a 25 percent benefit cut right. on your Social Security check in nine years. Let's underscore that. A 25 percent benefit, benefit cut, cut in nine years. In nine years. Doubling senior poverty in America. Right. Doubling senior poverty. Right. That is immoral. You had a president that during the State of the Union got up and said, promise we're not going to talk about or touch Social Security. Right. And the room just looked horrified because there had been a working group very quietly. We'd spent real money with actuaries. There had been Democrats involved in this. A couple of the Democrat senators, oddly enough, had been compl- absolutely honest workers You know, participating in, in this deal. We had presented to the White House twice – or they had – we thought the president might get up and say, I don't like this, I don't like that, but it's an honorable thing to save Social Security. Instead, they decided it was a better campaign tactic than the morality of not doubling senior poverty in America. They cared more about using it for their campaign than saving it. And and in, in D.C., you know, the, the press is so left the politics are so about keeping the White House, putting the Democrats back in charge. They applaud this. Mm-hmm. And many of us in, who own calculators are just appalled at how how dark, how immoral. And, you know, m- math,
1: you know,
2: I, I, I know often as Republicans we sound like um, accountants on steroids. Mm. But in the, the end of the day, these dollars actually have human lives at the other end of them. Yeah. And this is going to be a horrible thing if we don't get some adults – Willing to work on it?
1: I never know. Well, I have. T- let me let me let me start this way. When we talk about reducing spending, um, the critical need to reduce spending, is it one of these things where it's literally cutting certain spending, or is it one of these things where it's slowing the growth? Um, we're beyond the slow the growth problem. Okay.
2: If we had slowed the growth um, 10, 15 years ago, you'd still have growth of debt to GDP, but nothing like it is now. Okay. Um, understand, from today through 30 years, there's about a $128 trillion of borrowing coming. Seventy-five percent of that is the shortfall of Medicare. Twenty-five percent is the shortfall if we choose to backfill. Mm-hmm. Staff, you know, Congress says, screw it, we're just going to – forget my language. Um, we're going to reach into the general fund and, ref- and, and fill up Social Security. Um, the rest of the budget's flat. I mean, the discretionary has a positive balance. And it's really uncomfortable because people don't want to hear. But Americans earned their benefits. It's part of the social contract. You work so many quarters, you get Social Security. You pay in, you get Medicare. We just don't have the resources. So some of the most powerful things you can do is cut the price of health care. Change. Um, uh, you and I have ta- had multiple conversations. Obesity, diabetes. Yeah. If you took those on and if you could cut them in half, right. which may be utopian, um, you that's the single biggest thing you could do to bring <laughs> debt and and the size of the economy into balance. and it would be moral. but we don't talk that way because the the terrifying
1: thing is there's armies of lobbyists yeah. who actually yeah. Don't want you to cut no, their spending. That's right. I got to go to break and I say, you want to stick around? Sure. Yeah, you probably have the best exercised core of anyone <laughs> in the state the he, way you're holding You should describe. I, I have an 11-month-old yeah. who is squirming like crazy oh, and trying to eat the, the microphone. Get, well, David Schweikert Now, I will be right back. If you're on hold, we'll get you in a little bit. Don't go away. And uh, we'll uh, be – what are we going to do? We're going to pacify these kids during the break, and then we'll pacify you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. David Schweikert and family. Most of the family. <laughs> They're won a the Sippy Cup. Good catch, David. Good catch. That was that was Olympian. And his his little boy Matthew, eleven month old, is just such a cheer. What a, oh, it's a blast. Yeah. It, it's, um, what uh, are you doing for Memorial
2: Day, David? Um we'll barbecue, um and then we'll probably barbecue some more. Yeah. We'll go to a couple Memorial Day events, Um, We visit a couple Legion halls, and then we'll do some more barbecuing, and then we'll get up really
1: early and uh, ride around Little Girl's Newly Repaired Bicycle. Good, (laughs) good. I was talking with some of the audience earlier. We're inviting them to, of course, call in, as some have been, you know, to any names and stories they want to tell us about people we are to remember, and uh, and, uh, I... (sighs) I was just—I was kind of lamenting that it seemed to me, at least from where I'm at and looking at things, that a little less has been made of it this year than in years past. That there's been kind of a, a weakening of—it seems—a a weakening and a politicalizing of patriotism, and they probably go hand in hand. Um, and I don't know. Um, maybe that—maybe that's too cynical, no, too cynical no. a thing to say. But I—I I think the way we have treated. You know, when patriotism means masks and when it means not standing for the national anthem or when it means a second national anthem, which means you don't have a national anthem, it just seems okay. to me that the abuse of the word um, make America great again. It just seems to me we have been on this tear of attenuating patriotism. OK. Remember our theory. Everything's been weaponized. Yeah. And, you know, we often
2: when we say that we we mean, you know, the FBI, yeah. the ethics committees, the this, that. But it's it's society. It's culture. So if the word patriotism does not work for the left political class, they need to co-opt it. So they're going to co-opt it as their version of patriotism is is opposing America or tearing apart its amazing history. Yeah. Um, and, and look, you're aware of that. Um, I think though, so often we fall into the trap of wanting to actually debate it with them. Mm-hmm. It's, they don't want to debate mm-hmm. um, the fact if we go their direction saying this is not patriotism, they've won mm-hmm. because we recognize their lunacy.
1: Mm. Boy, there's a lot. I mean, I was, I've, I've been on a, a, another tear I've been on. Um, you're, you're, a, you're a devout Catholic. You've seen what they're doing over at the L.A. Dodgers. Oh. And I mean, you know, it's, but- Michael Novak said the last respectable form of bigotry is anti-Christian bigotry. Yeah, um, that that nunnery is a group of bigots, is what they are. Of course, and the Dodgers in a city known, in a city and a team named named after angels. I mean, it, things are a bit upside down, buddy. Well, look, being Catholic, you're sort of used to um, inbound crazy. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it's just part of you know um, being you know having to deal with being respectful to the faith. But uh, once again. Institutions must be destroyed. If, if your ultimate goal is government is, is, is basically everything to you, yeah. then you can't have faith. You can't have respect for whether it be everything from you know the Supreme Court to education, this. Everything must be destroyed. So there's no compete, competitor mm-hmm. of faith, mm-hmm. of, 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 of trust, mm-hmm. of – you know. if I came to you right now and said, tell me the institution in America – that
1: middle America truly believes in. What's left? Some denominations, some, (laughs) and uh, maybe some talk radio, some. Uh, maybe NASCAR, some, maybe country music, some. Yeah, well,
3: that's the point. A, a, actually, 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 that's
1: the point I wanted to make. You know, <laughs> we used to think some of these institutions were impervious to this invasion of oh. progressivism, like the Department of Defense, for example, yes. or maybe the NFL. The F- How about the FBI? Or Yes, or the FBI. We thought they would be impervious to this stuff. Instead, they're looking more and more like a Harvard Sociology Department every day.
2: And you That's, give how, sh- strong so, That's so how strong they are. So back to our original thesis. If everything's been weaponized, yeah. um, for the public to understand that um, don't get conned, don't get played. So often what you see in media is for your click, for your money, um, or just to continually pound you down yeah. to, to basically get you to tune out. Yeah. But we see this – how many good people now um would be terrified to put a bumper sticker on their vehicle? I know. Or a yard sign right. in front of their house. That's right. And as soon as they've Or a flag and as soon as the left has been able to intimidate you that you're fearful to put a bumper sticker on, let's be honest, you've let the left win.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this was the plea Solzhenitsyn made, no, live not by lies, Li, you know, and the only way to not live by lies is to not accept them and to speak out against them. By the way, that's a great point about social media, you know, David. Yet another study I'm looking at just came out on social media can put young people in danger. There is a youth mental health crisis, but there's an adult mental health crisis, oh, yeah. too. and uh, And a lot of that is also driven by social media. Yeah. Well, something is perverse in society when you go to a social
2: media platform for reaffirmation of your life. You don't do it at your church. You don't do it by going out and helping charity or just doing something good for your neighborhood. You go to social media for reaffirmation. We've lost our minds.
1: Well, yes, and that's kind of an interesting thing about people that want to get— us to forget and move on from what happened during COVID, because COVID sent a lot of people there. COVID destroyed a lot of social, real social relationships and fed a lot of social media.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, um, oddly enough, uh, and this is within the same circle, you know, one of my fixations that America in many ways is dying. In 18 years, we have more deaths than births. Half the states in America have more deaths today than births. Um, we now have six states that over 40 percent of the population is technically obese. And that spiking of the, those incredible health problems is when you trap people at home. That's right. We will spend the next decade unwinding just the health I think issues. you're right about that. And, and, and it's those who uh, – I, I don't want an apology – but I do think, actually, particularly the, the, the health world, the, the arrogant world, needs to just admit saying um, it's OK to have a culture of, hey, we're telling you something
1: today. We got new data tomorrow. Embrace it. Tell the truth. I think in a way I do want an apology. And the reason I do is this notion that nobody knew is it's, not true. A lot but, of us did know. But, we but, but, were silenced. But going right? with this is –
2: Um, I find the arrogant class, Mm -hmm. people in particularly bureaucracies, Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's so often this arrogance of, well, I'm an expert. I know this. That's right. The problem is if you meet true experts, they will tell you everything they know today in 72 hours could be different because data change, expertise change, science changes. And how often did the idiot class in front of you telling you what to do with your life? They would not. Um, that they would not actually admit to you that oh, information changed.
1: David, I can't thank you enough for coming by. And no. you know, Memorial Day is in part and about thank families. you for letting me bring. The well, kids thank you for in. sharing your family with our audience. Well, it's-
2: look, it's one of the things I'm gone so much. You know, I got home late last night, so
1: the kids are mine today. <laughs> Wonderful. Godspeed, sir. Have, right. a, have a have a meaningful holiday. All right, folks. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. Your call's
3: up next. Who we got there, David? Glenn Campbell.
1: Glenn Campbell. Boy, a young Glenn Glen Campbell. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Tony in Scottsdale, thank you so much for your patience. Welcome back to the show.
3: Hey, uh, uh, Seth. Uh, good to talk to you, and uh, looking forward to a great Memorial weekend.
1: Good, good. Thank uh, hey, you. Do you do anything special, or just kind of take the time uh, off and reflect?
3: So uh, my my daughter just graduated from high school, Saguaro High School, so we'll be having a party for her. Wonderful. Uh thank you very much and then uh and then on Monday we'll have our regular memorial uh memorial day barbecue and Good. family and friends over and stuff like that. Hot dogs? Uh uh brats, burgers, beer, corn and going to have to throw something else in there. Maybe some ribs, maybe some ribs this this year.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Thank you Tony. All right, brother, what's uh, yeah. on your mind?
3: So a uh, couple of things. I never had the privilege of serving my country. Um, I had a couple of brushes with it. I don't know if you were ever uh, had the privilege of serving your. No, country. No, it's one of my
1: great regrets. Uh, it's one of my greatest regrets. Yeah. Every, uh, all my and, uh, my enta- entire patrimonial lineage did. My grandfather fought for us in World War One, and my dad fought for us in World War Two. But I, yeah, I, it's one of my great regrets.
3: Yeah, and and the same thing for me, Seth. I, I I I tried to get into the Air Force Academy. I got one congressional nomination, but not the second. I, I should have tried to get into the Naval Academy, and then the first Iraq War. I it, I, I I was in my mid twenties, and I thought I'd try and join the Army Corps of Engineers as a construction guy, but the whole thing was over in no time flat. But, yeah. yeah, right. But anyway, but that, yeah, but but that being said, so in terms of honoring my my dad. Was a Navy man. Um, he was a naval navigator. He served in the Korean War. So, of course, I'm very proud of my father. Yep. And I have a nephew, Johnny Rivoli, who is at the Naval Academy. Actually, he'll be starting his uh, for his uh, final year at the Naval Academy back in Annapolis right now. So, my shout out to them. You bet. And uh, so, I, I did just one other thing. I just wanted to yeah. say is I'm in the construction business, as you probably remember. Yes, sir. And the construction business is a lot like the military in that it's all about moving men, materials, and equipment, except nobody's shooting at you while you're doing it in the construction business. Um, But I did want to say we've hired many, many service guys over the years in our business. I'm actually in the lumber business. And I don't know what your experience is. I'm just telling you what my experience is with the service guys. They are the most punctual. Yep. They They show up on time. Yep. They are polite. They're yep. well mannered. They know how to work in a team environment. Yep. Uh, I, I, I'm just throwing this out there. Every time employer, I've worked with them, they only, they are
1: the best of my colleagues. Yep. You betcha. Every I, job just, I've I'm, ever had. I, I, every job.
3: I'm I'm just telling you the, the 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 American service workers they 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 are come out and they come out and they are ready to work and they know how to do it yep. and they're anyway I, I'm just I can't say strong enough what my experience has been and and uh, it's been my privilege to serve with a lot of uh, they make Army, strong men Army stronger i guys. think they make business. good
1: and strong men better and stronger and my experience also is that they have taken weak and broken men and make them and make them strong men as well i remember listening to a drill sergeant talk once someone asked him about you know some of the problems we have with our youth and some of these youth who who just are so directionless and even maybe you know abusing certain you know substances drugs and society and stuff you know what he said he said give them to me for a month give them to me for a month yeah i know i know i know it's a it's a better class it's a better class of person
3: yeah from your lips from your lips to to the rest of the public attitude, it's absolutely the truth, and again, I just for anybody that's out there that is hiring, I I can't recommend enough hiring our servicemen and women.
1: I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm glad you made that point, Tony. Thank you, sir. Thank okay. you. Um, uh, have, have a great week. Now, just on the brat thing, uh, brats over hot dogs, or yeah. also in addition to hot dogs.
3: Well, so no, I, I honestly, I'm really a brat guy. Okay. Okay. Now, I will say also, I I like spicy food. So yeah. I'll definitely be throwing uh, peppers and onions and stuff on there. And Are you from Wisconsin or something? Burger. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Pennsylvania guy. Okay. Right. So I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a Pennsylvania guy, but, I've taken a, but I love Mexican food, and okay. I love, for the most part, just kind of love anything spicy.
1: I gotcha. I gotcha. What do they call it? The Colvin scale, I think. The level of spice is based on the Colvin scale. You ever heard heard that before? Ah, Colvin scale, yeah.
3: I, I have not. i have so like not the heard ghost spice and yeah, the I, I, the scorpion spice right. and all
1: that, yeah, yeah. I,
3: I I got about a dozen different uh, like uh, Tabasco sauces in my uh, in my pantry at different levels. You know, of you know uh, Tony, I got to let
1: you go because of the commercial break, but just FYI, um, I like yeah. barbecue too. It sounds like yours is a good one. <laughs> I I take invites. <laughs> God bless you, sir. We'll be right back. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. Russia, India, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, China are all conducting international trade in local currencies now, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failure. The Biden administration is sending hundreds of billions of dollars abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure here at home. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within central bank digital currency. It's real. The patents have been filed, and the big banks have released plans for implementation. But the veterans at Midas Gold Group see devastating implications. The end of cash, ties to social credit, the end of financial privacy, big government able to see your every purchase, own private currency, gold and silver. Now get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold call the Midas Gold group today at 480-360-3000 that's 480 360 3000 or visit them online at midasgoldgroup.com David I want you to be honest with me you've 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 you know had some free reign in selecting some of our bumper music do you like mine better or yours better
0: <laughs> um, we, I just yeah, don't think uh, it's this, close uh, yeah, if you're going
1: to be honest Wait, well, but then again, you know, you'll you'll make a sandwich out of alfalfa sprouts. In 1973, John Wayne made an album. Yes. America, Why I Love Her. And there's a song on there, a poem really, uh, on there that I think is perfect for today. By the way, do you know who wrote it? It's called Why Are You Marching, Son? Do you know who, why, who wrote it?
0: No, I don't.
1: Robert Mitchum's brother. Oh, really? The, yeah. Yeah, Jack Mitchum.
3: Have you ever seen the movie that he's in?
1: He's been. He's, there were a couple small ones. Well, he was in a Dirty Harry movie for one. Is that the one?
3: No, I was going to talk about It's called uh, Thunder Road, and it's a cult classic of oh. Robert Mitchum fans and his real brothers in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: it's this guy. You want to play it for the audience? Here's a little Americana for you. Where are you marching, son?
3: I'd really like to know. Why are you marching,
1: son? I love that. Thank you, David. Thank you for that. You know, boy. first thing you think of is if I only had a voice like that. The second thing you, th- thing you think of is there are few people in Hollywood. There are a few, but there are a few who you think of as a certain kind of representation of America as you do John Wayne. Um, there are others, uh, Jimmy Stewart, uh, perhaps, and and some maybe even maybe even some like Robert Mitchum, but none like John Wayne, really. And isn't it interesting that in the things the left wants to have us forget and have us really tear down and destroy in all their ongoing taking down of statutes in American history, the big effort is to remove his name from Orange County Airport. And, I mean, city councils have been voting on this. They have been trying to take John Wayne off the name as the appellation for Orange County Airport for some time now. And, you know, pretty pretty soon when we talk about Memorial Day, it's not going to be just about individual soldiers' lives lost. It's going to be about the whole darn country and what it—, what it What our memories are of it. You know, the historian Bill McClay I like so much. Wilfred McClay is how he signs his books. So if you look for any of his books, like Land of Hope, it's Wilfred McClay. He goes by Bill. Um, He talks about a culture without memory. He writes, a culture without memory will necessarily be barbarous and easily tyrannized, even if it is technically advanced. The necessary waves, he goes on, the necessary waves of daily events will occupy all our attention and defeat all our efforts to connect past, present, and future, thereby diverting us from an understanding of the human things that unfold in time, including the paths of our own lives. Historical consciousness, he writes, is to civilized society what memory is to individual identity without memory and without the stories by which our memories are carried forward. We cannot say who or what we are. Without them, our life and thought dissolve into a meaning, meaningless, unrelated rush of events. And this is what I loathe so much, that we are forced and foisted into these meaningless, unrelated rushes of events. We'll be right back. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. You think about the Biden administration and the economy, bank failures, possible recession, inflation, stock market volatility. Why refi has an investment in a portfolio that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. Of portfolio, well, you'll know what each monthly statement will look like, where you can turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it. Whatever you choose with no loss of principal. if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in this secure and collateralized portfolio. That Y Refi is offering. Y Refi is based here locally. They are um, just on the 101 and the Scottsdale Road. I encourage you to stop by their offices. I've been there, and I can tell you, you will not get a sales pitch, and no one's going to ask you to sign a thing. When you meet with the team at Y Refi, you'll see why I trust and like them so much. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm where you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right. A 10 and a quarter percent fixed rate of return. Check them out at investwhyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter y, then refy.com or call them at 888 refi 34. 888 refi 34. Uh we were did, did you have we I was talking with David, I guess, uh, when he was here uh, earlier in the hour about hardened, theoretically hard institutions, institutions that might have represented a harder part of America than, say, sociology departments and uh, in colleges and universities. And uh, maybe at one time you would have thought the Department of Homeland Security was that. It's long since not been. But – this has just been brought to my attention. The Department of Homeland Security put out a National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin two days ago, and of the six attacks specifically highlighted by the Department of Homeland Security, the only one without any listed motive is the deadly attack by Audrey Hale on the Covenant School. Do you remember that? You remember? that? that that's That's one of those events that just— Rushed by and meaninglessly, meaninglessly, seemingly meaninglessly rushed by, was deliberately meaninglessly rushed by because they didn't want us to know the motive for that attack. I'm looking at the advisory that the DHS put out. I'm looking at these other events, and they do have, you know, all kinds of motives ascribed to all of them. Here's the one on the attack at the Covenant School. In March 2023, A now-deceased individual shot and killed six people at the Christian Elementary School in Nashville, Tennessee. Law enforcement continues to investigate the motive behind the attacks and, has indicated, the individual studied other mass murderers. They continue to investigate the motive. We're never even going to see that manifesto. You know that, don't you? 602-508-0960. Open Lines Friday, your hour, coming up. Give me a call.